0: That's noo to sign up for your trial today. Welcome to the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by PitcherList.com, your daily morning podcast, updating you on everything you need to know to win your fantasy baseball league. Here's your host, Chad Young. Hello
1: and welcome to the First Pitch Podcast. As the man said, my name is Chad Young. First. The Rays activated Shane McClanahan from the IL. He had a tough matchup with the Jays in Toronto, but he handled it beautifully, going five shutout innings, allowing just three hits and a walk, striking out five. Not a lot to say here. He's one of the very best, and he should be in your rotation if you are lucky enough to have him. Guardians call up Hunter Gaddis for his second career start. Well, it technically went better than his first, he gave up seven runs instead of the eight he gave up last time. He lasted four innings instead of the 3.1 he lasted last time. Well, that's still not good. Gatt is probably not going to be back up again unless the division race is over. Connor Pilkington was sent down to make room, but he'll be back this weekend to start in the doubleheader with the Twins on Saturday. The Diamondbacks had so much success calling up Ryan Nelson despite bad AAA numbers, they decided to do it again. Dre Jameson promoted Thursday to debut at home against the Padres. He has been walk-in homer-prone in AAA, struck out less than a batter per inning, leading to a 6.95 ERA, Well, in his debut he matched Nelson. In fact, Jamison joined Nelson as the only two pitchers to go seven scoreless in their debut this season. That was shared on Twitter by Sarah Langs. You can follow her at Langs on sports. He struck out five, walked one, allowed just two hits, threw 72% fastballs, 40% four-seamers, 32% sinkers, and managed just eight whiffs. Only two of those whiffs came on those fastballs. That doesn't really feel like a recipe for sustained success. The Dodgers are up next for him, so this is just a wait and see for me. Both of Jameson's hits were given up to Brandon Drury, who was fresh off the 7-day IL, activated and put back in the lineup, hitting 6th as the DH, finished 2-for-3 with a double. His bat is definitely worth keeping in your lineups. Luis Arise, who hurt his hammy on Wednesday, was not starting on Thursday, but did make a pinch hit appearance going 0-for-1, did not play the field, Not sure if he'll be back today, but it should be soon, so watch for those Twins lineups. The Marlins called up Jake Fishman to replace Tommy Nance with the IL, but had to make room on the 40 and did so by moving Jorge Soler to the 60-day IL. That's really a paper move only, as Soler is already done for the season. The Reds placed Justin Dunn on the IL. He hadn't been doing much anyways, but that should open up the spot in the rotation for Hunter Green, who shall be making his return on Saturday. Not a huge surprise, but Shane Baas done for the year. Sounds like his recovery is going well, but the team will not try to get him back on the field for 2022. He's going to be an interesting target in 2023 drafts, especially if he looks good in spring training. One new injury Thursday, had Mundo Sosa, who'd been on fire for the Phillies, left with right hamstring tightness. He pulled up trying to leg out an infield hit. Didn't look too bad, but I'm not a doctor, so let's see what the team says. A couple of big arms will be back in action today as Justin Verlander continues his Cy Young candidacy with a start against the A's, and Roldis Chapman rejoins the back of the Yankees pen. Verlander a must start, but Chapman probably still not getting saved, so his value isn't that high. One less big arm returning is Bailey Ober, who will be activated off the IL to start against Cleveland. He hasn't pitched much this year, but had a 2.79 FIP before getting hurt, so there could be something there, could be a streaming option against a Cleveland team that can struggle to hit at times. Tomorrow we get two more arms back, already mentioned Hunter Green will be coming back, but Dakota Hudson will also be starting one of the Cardinals doubleheader games. Not rushing to add either of these guys, but I might grab Green in a keeper league. He could have some interesting offseason value if he makes some good starts the rest of the way. One last arm returning soon, and that is Max Scherzer. He's lined up to be back Monday to face the Brewers. Get him in those weekly lineups unless there's more news over the weekend. As for the on-the-field action, Yon Mancada was four for five with a home run, a double, two runs, and an RBI. You could write this off as the obvious outcome of facing a pitcher who was basically throwing BP. The Sox got Hunter Gaddis for four more home runs. Gavin Sheets, Andrew Vaughn, Yasmani Grandal, and Elvis Andrews hit those. But that said, Moncada's been on fire in September, and we have heard quotes from the Chicago clubhouse suggesting that Tony LaRusso is forcing guys to take the approach he wanted rather than the one they wanted. That could be the type of change that yields meaningful results the rest of the way. Brandon Marsh had a four-hit night, going 4-for-4 four four with a double and a triple, plus a couple RBI. Really hasn't gotten going with the Phillies, but there is an interesting post-hype potential there if he has a strong end of the season and shows some growth, particularly in avoiding strikeouts. Emmanuel Rivera won for three with a home run Thursday, breaking an extended cold streak. He had a nice run with Arizona for a while there, but I suspect Thursday was more a brief blip than a return to some kind of big performance. He was recently cut in one of my auto new leagues, and I'm happy to let him sit out there. Other homers out there Thursday, Yandi Diaz hit his ninth, Isaac Paredes hit his 19th, Kyle Schwarber hit his 38th, Jordan Groshan's got the first of his career, Brian De La Cruz hit number 9, Ledmiz Diaz hit his 11th, Francisco Lindor his 24th, Carlos Correa continues to try to will the Twins to the postseason with his 21st, Nick Gordon helped out with number 7. Salvador Perez hit his 21st. Aristides Aquino hit his 9th. Nick Senzel his 5th. Catel Marte is 11th. And Carson Kelly got his 7th. Just a few stolen bases, Taylor Walls got his 9th. Vlad Guerrero Jr. swiped his 8th. Bo Bichette up to double figures, he got number 10. And Nolan Arenado swiped his 5th. On the hill, Lance Lynn gave up a lot of loud contact but avoided damage against the Guardians. Went 6 and a third, allowed 2 runs and 6 hits and a walk six strikeouts for Lynn. He's been very good lately and has a friendly schedule the rest of the way as well. Pablo Lopez had a similarly strong start going six and two thirds, allowing two runs on four hits and a walk with five strikeouts. Nice bounce back after giving up eight to the Mets last time out. He's been prone to blowups, but has mostly done well against the opposition you would expect. So just avoid top tier offenses and you should be okay. Lance McCullers had sixteen whiffs going six innings, allowing two runs on two hits with eleven strikeouts, four walks. That is a lot of walks, but still a strong showing. He was all slider change and curve in this one, and it worked beautifully. Tampa Bay more of a challenge than Oakland just presented, but I'll still run him out there for that. McCullers wasn't alone at 11 Ks, as Carlos Carrasco also had all those Ks with half the walks. Just two base on balls and four hits as he gave up one run to the Pirates over six. Yeah, it's the Pirates, but the Mets' schedule isn't bad, and you can keep riding Carrasco the rest of the way. Dylan Bundy asked a lot of his pen, as he's done consistently this year, going four innings, allowing two runs on four hits without a walk, striking out just a pair. He was only at 60 pitches. This is just how the Twins use him. He doesn't get to see the top of the order a third time. He is rarely going to qualify for wins, and he's not going to get many quality starts. Chase Anderson with a surprisingly strong start against a tough cards lineup, going five innings of one run, one hit ball, striking out three, walking two. He somehow allowed just one hard hit ball, so you can't just chalk this up to Bapit block but that doesn't mean you should assume it'll happen again either. Sean Mania had a decent go versus Arizona, giving up two runs on three hits without a walk, struck out three over five. That's still not very many strikeouts, and he allowed two home runs, just a little bit of worse luck on balls in play or another walk or two, and this could have gotten ugly. Miles Michaelis was a mixed bag. Whether you're happy or not might depend on whether you play in a wins league or a quality starts league. He went six innings, gave up three runs on five hits, three walks, three strikeouts, Rates, not great. There weren't a ton of Ks there, so it all comes down to what kind of league you played in. He got a quality start, but not a W. Daniel Lynch has shown flashes of time this year, and today was more of the same. 16 whiffs and 8 strikeouts in 5 innings is good, but 3 runs on 9 hits plus walks in 5 innings is bad. So are the 2 home runs allowed. Just going to keep staying away. Really rough go for Kevin Gaussman. At least he gave the J some length, I guess, going seven innings, giving up five runs and six hits in a walk with seven strikeouts. Two home runs turned limited base runners into real damage, but the whip and K were still good, so I guess that's something. Not a lot you can do here. You just got to keep riding Gaussman and hope for the best. In the bullpens, Dylan Floro locked down his fifth save, but gave up a run and two hits in the process. He's not an elite closer by any means, but saves are saves. Ryan Presley had gone two straight, so Rafael Montero took the ninth for Houston Thursday, went 1-2-3 with a couple of strikeouts for his 13th save. Twins went to Yon Duran for the save, his seventh, though he allowed two hits while striking out a pair in the process. Twins-Penn went five innings with just those two hits on Thursday. Not ideal heading into a big five-games-in-four-days series versus Cleveland, but it is something to build some confidence on as that Penn has struggled at times. I keep wanting to think the Reds have a closer and Alexis Diaz will just lock down that job, Did get a 7 save on Thursday, but gave up a run on a couple of hits without a strikeout in the process. Just not quite running away with that job the way I would like him to. With that, let's take a quick break before we turn our attention to Friday. Welcome back. As always, the first thing we'll do is take a look at the weather with our friend Mark Paquette.
0: Thank you very much. Well, it seems to me like a lot of times this year we've just been really lucky in between weather systems, and that's what's going to happen again today. We're going to be in between a few areas. Like if there was a home game in Minnesota, we would have some major issues. But there isn't a home game in Minnesota, so we're not going to have any major issues. It's just really good timing, there's going to be no weather issues. Play everyone who you have tomorrow. Really, no other way to say it, we've been pretty lucky. And we're going to continue to be lucky today as well. Thank you very much.
1: Thanks, Mark. If you're looking for streamers, I'm very interested in Bailey Ober versus Cleveland. mentioned that earlier. I just worry about the length since he's just coming off the IL. Herman Marquez has been pretty good away from Coors and the Cubs can't hit, so that's an interesting option. As for offenses to put out there, I'm going to get some Tigers in the lineup, I think. I know I'm going to have Eric Haas starting in a couple places. Lucas Giolito just really has not been good lately. I expect the Mariners to get to Michael Lorenzen and the Padres to get to Madison Bumgarner. I actually think there could be some more big offensive performances. I think the White Sox can hit Matt Manning. I think the Rangers might actually be able to do some damage on Corey Kluber. I don't think the Mets are going to have a problem with Mitch Keller think the Red Sox could hit Jonathan Heasley. A lot of opportunities to put up some big offensive days on Friday. So get those bats in your lineup. Once you've got those bats in your lineup, go check out the SP Roundup batter's box and reliever ranks on pitcher list. Make sure you know everything that happened on Thursday, everything that's going to happen on Friday. And on that note, I'll let you enjoy your Friday. I'll be back with you tomorrow morning for more First Pitch.